1: Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 91 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the latest news on the Biden administration's attempt to use leftist parent groups to continue hijacking the public school system for woke causes.
3: That's right, George. You know, a while back, we discussed the disturbing events that led to the creation of the Parent Council by the Biden administration. And today... We want to give an update on how well this parent council is going or not, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> so, Mark, um, let's give an introduction of how this parent council came to be. And we've had multiple, um, you know, episodes in the past where we talk about a lot of this stuff. Uh, But, Mark, can you walk us through, starting from way back to a little over a year ago, where the National School Board Association penned a very interesting letter?
3: Yeah, I mean, George, this goes back to September of 2021, and uh, the NSAB actually sent a letter to President Biden at that time. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit from that letter. Um, Here's what it says. NSBA specifically solicits the expertise and resources of the U.S. Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. Secret Service, and its National Threat Assessment Center regarding the level of risk, get ready, to public school children, educators, board members, facilities, and campuses from parents. Ooh. We also request the assistance of the US Postal Inspection Service to intervene against threatening letters and cyberbullying attacks that have been transmitted to students, school board members, district administrators and other educators. The NSB, the NSBA requests that such review examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence under the Gun Free School Zones Act, the Patriot Act in regards to domestic terrorism, the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Hate Crimes Prevention Act, and George, it just goes on and on. But basically they're saying, we don't like parents showing up at school board meetings and telling the school board what they should be teaching and what they shouldn't be teaching.
2: And And we want it to stop. And this letter was a big say what moment. And when you reread that, Mark, the first thing that popped into my mind, what in the world would the U.S. Postal Service be able to do? What? Like open up letters? Well,
3: obviously, right? Maybe enact mail fraud laws against these parents. But, you know, the the Patriot Act, by way of reminder, George, was enacted after 9-11 to stop future foreign terrorist attacks from happening on American soil. It defines terrorism as unlawful acts of violence or acts dangerous to human life intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population or to affect the conduct of government by, quote, mass destruction, assassination, or kidnapping. And the NSAB is now accusing parents of doing these things. It's outrageous.
2: It was outrageous. So that sparked a firestorm. And obviously the Department of Justice, uh, their leader, Merrick Garland, had a disastrous response to all of this. And that led a couple months later to a very important election in Virginia.
3: It Indeed. In fact, it's known today as the Virginia earthquake because Terry McAuliffe, uh, who was just assumed to win, you know, with, with without any problems at all, uh, was being challenged by a private equity guy that nobody knew anything about. His name is Glenn Youngkin, and uh, he was a newbie on the political stage. But the parents' rights in schools became a real issue because parents all of a sudden during the lockdown were looking at what their kids were learning over Zoom classes and realized they were being indoctrinated into critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And this became a big deal in the country. And Terry McAuliffe made a a fateful statement. He said publicly that parents ought to leave education to the professionals. That was the end of Terry McAuliffe. As we know, Glenn Youngkin won that gubernatorial contest, and the rest is history.
2: And so after that win, all of the democratic pundits, you know, on CNN and NBC everywhere, they put out a clear warning to their party and yeah. they said, we must not let the Republican party become the party of parents. And so one of the things that we covered in our episode 56 is that we warned parents about the rise of leftist parent groups, imposters, because Mark, you and I have been involved with this for years and years. Every parent group out there, the vast majority, you know, over 90 percent that we had ever met were all people like you and me who were who were never involved in, in politics. And we were just, you know, caught off guard by just all the filth that's going on in public schools. And we want to do something about it. And now all of a sudden we see the rise of these leftist parent groups because they are number one, very well funded. The Democrat Party and other nonprofit organizations are funding them really well. And so the Democrats now have a strategic chess play to make. They have to create parent groups that will then back them up. So in POK's episode 67, we warned about a very interesting new group that the Biden administration started, and that Mm. was the parent council. Mm. And when we had looked at the 14 organizations that were invited to be on this council, we quickly realized that. This is a scam. It's a fraud. All of these, even if they were called parent groups, were all leftist Marxist organizations. Um, And we just want to give quickly three examples of of, uh, those organizations. The National Association for Family, School, and Community Engagement. This was founded in 2009 with support from MACE and the heising Simons Foundations. They have awarded grants from their inception to today close to $800 million. Say what? And where do you think all of this money is going? Towards organizations that have their core values, which are inclusion and educational equity. Yeah, there's that word again, equity. So, again, far left. Then there is the United Parent Leadership Action Network, which is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and they have developed a program for, again, educational equity that encourages schools to institute new sexual health classes for all students.
3: Sex and gender theory uh, being funded by these new parent groups. And you know, before you go on, George, I think it's worth pointing out that if you look at the parent Groups that started um, on the conservative side—you know—they were trying to conserve uh, the Judeo-Christian worldview, traditional classical education, <laughs> for students to learn phonics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Mm-hmm. All of these parent groups that formed um, were grassroots organizations. None of them had a lot of money behind them. These were spontaneous. Uh, uh, groupings of concerned parents, as you stated earlier, as a response to what they saw happening in the school system against their, their little ones. In contrast to that, the groups that you're now talking about are being orchestrated by big moneyed interest or huge political powers, including the Biden administration itself. The the reason to defeat these grassroots uh, parent organizations.
2: Yeah, so it's a What very, a contrast. Yep. And it's a very strategic move and very deceiving by the left. And and the, the third and final example I'll give here is the National Action Network, which was founded by Al Sharpton in nineteen ninety one. They mm. were invited to be on this parent council. I have no clue what Al Sharpton has to do with, with education. Exactly. And um their organization in, in 2015 formed an LGBTQ alliance to create a new understanding of sexual and gender diversity and to promote the hiring or participation of gay and transgender people in all areas of religious and public life. What has this anything to do with education in the public school system? Yeah. Um, so fast forward to just um, you know the, the middle of this year. Uh, In July of 2022, a lawsuit was filed, and this is filed jointly by three different organizations. Uh, One is American First Legal Foundation. The other one is Parents Defending Education, whom we know very well. We do. They're friends of ours. And Fight for Schools and Families. So they sued the Department of Education and the Secretary of the Department of Education, Miguel Cardona, for creating the council – In violation of the Federal Advisory Committee Act, uh, which requires the federal government to ensure its committees are balanced and free from inappropriate influence. And it also requires the government to give adequate public notice of a committee's activities. So they sued the Biden administration for failing to follow these requirements when they established the council. And so when we looked at those, we gave you just quickly three of those 14 groups. Um, and one of the things mentioned in the lawsuit is that 11 of those 14 groups documented donors to yeah. President Biden and Democrats. And the other key thing is that none of the leaders of those groups are donors to conservative groups or have ever publicly criticized the pre- president's policy on students. So when they said that they created a diverse set of organizations to come together, that was just lying through their teeth.
3: Big surprise, George. In fact, Nicole Neely, who's the president of Parents Defending Education, put out a statement. The fact that the Biden administration chose to shut down its virtual virtue signaling parents council rather than add into any intellectual diversity, speaks volumes. Students do best when their families are involved in their education, and it should be a goal at the federal, state, and local level to bring us into the process, not to shut us out when our perspectives and values differ. Parents will not be used as window dressing to advance radical policies, and we will do everything in our power to protect and defend our children from those who would do them
2: harm. And Nicole will spot on here. Why wouldn't they just respond to our request by adding organizations like Parents Defending Education, right? That's
3: a rhetorical question.
2: <laughs> Moms for Liberty, right? Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: we know the answer to that
2: question. So they would rather shut the whole thing down. Uh, so they haven't made a statement yet about it. And so it'd be interesting to see like what, how are they going to frame, you know, their argument and spin it in such a way to still say that we still want, you know, parent involvement.
3: I think they might be just hoping it'll quietly go away and people won't ask any questions.
2: Exactly. So parents, this is a huge win. You see when parent groups form together and they go on a mission and they go on the offensive, things like this can happen. But. We started off by talking about Virginia, and there was another piece of good news that is coming out of Virginia. And we go to one of the epicenters of the parent wars, right, Loudoun County, because finally, as a result of Glenn Youngkin being instituted as the governor and uh, a new attorney general who's also a Republican, uh, Jason Miares. Very impressed with this man. Here is what we have. We have a twist to the story of what happened in Loudoun County with a particular student who, who raped, not one, but two people at two separate schools. And Mark, can you give us a little bit of the background of, of this story?
3: Well, this is what started the, really the Virginia earthquake. Uh, there was a school board meeting and uh, a, a man, a father of a, of a young girl, his daughter had been raped in a in a bathroom that had been open to people who identify as the opposite sex and a young came young man walked into the girl's bathroom dressed as a woman, dressed as a young girl, and accosted raped this man's daughter and the school did took no action on it they they were just so obtuse and they they basically wrote this guy off and so finally, like any father he showed up at a school board meeting and he was vehement that, why aren't you doing something about this? This policy has to be changed and you need to take action to protect my, my daughter. Why haven't charges been filed on this? And um, yes, he did raise his voice, George, but uh, the police actually pinned him to the ground, took him out of the uh, the school board meeting. And what happened after this? That same young man, the school district, transferred to another district, and the same thing happened there. He, he committed the same crime again.
2: So, Mark, fast forward over a year, finally, over a year and a half later, on December 12th, we had, well, pre-December 12th, we had Glenn Youngkin, uh, who started a grand jury, which was convened, actually, by the attorney general. And it took a governor's election to convene a grand jury, which that meant that the previous Democratic administration didn't even want to hear out this dad and this girl who was raped. And so finally the new attorney general convened a grand jury and on December 12th, so just, a f- you know, three weeks ago, uh, from the date of this recording, we had a grand jury who has indicted two Loudoun County officials for making false statements. Um, and one of those is Scott Ziegler, who was the county superintendent, superintendent of
3: the school system. That's yes. Right.
2: And so superintendents all across the country, you are being placed on notice. That's right. You want to protect um, the, the LGBTQ movement at all costs, even when those students rape other students. Yeah. You are being placed on notice. This is what's going to happen to you. You will be indicted. On these kind of charges. So he was indicted on three counts by the grand jury uh, for making false publications according to copies of the indictments that were obtained by the Epoch Times. And the count stemmed from Ziegler knowingly transmitting to media outlets on or about June twenty second, twenty twenty-one, a false and untrue statement. Um, but they also indicted a top spokesperson for the Loudoun County Public Schools, uh, Wade Byard, uh, on count of perjury.
3: Yeah. Perjury is a very, it's a felony. It's a very serious offense. It's, uh, when you lie, um, to a court appointed process or public official, um, under the auspices of a, of a court action. So these are, these are serious charges. And George, this is precedent setting yes um so to your point school supervisors uh, be careful what you're doing on behalf of woke powers to mm-hmm. defend them and to protect them um from legal action because uh, you're on notice that parents are paying attention uh that there are good district attorneys out there and um and AGs attorney generals who are going to be watching, and POK, along with other organizations, are going to be watching as well.
2: And not just that, Mark, but the superintendents need to know that all across the country, uh, we are now um, seeing new boards being sworn in. And these new boards have now a majority of parents. um, on. Many of them do. Many of them. And what we are seeing happening all across the country is one of the first Steps that these new boards are taking is they are firing their superintendent, right? Because over and over and over, we see similar kind of cases to Loudoun County of egregious neglect. And so we are happy to finally see these kind of changes uh, because we know that all kids – will benefit from it. They will be protected regardless of what their orientation or gender identity is. Yeah. Rape is rape That's regardless right. of who does it. That's right. And so th- that is great news. So we have great news for parents that the parent council has been di- disbanded. We have great news for parents that it, it, even though it took a governor el- re- election in the state of Virginia, Loudoun County will now see justice served. Um, and we have more great news for parents because as you're probably now halfway through the school year with your kids, um, we wanted to share some uh, good information from America First Legal and they released a parental consent letter which arms parents to combat sinister woke agenda in public schools all across America. And Mark, this letter is absolutely phenomenal. It's only a short two-page letter. Uh, it's it's different from an opt-out letter. Yeah,
3: there's some good stuff here.
2: Yeah, parents are probably used to hearing about opt-out letters. We've talked about them many times. We have one on our website, a go-by for parents to share. Um, but this is a different kind of letter in that it basically pus- puts the school administrator at your child's school on notice, um, and it has uh, about six or seven different key things that, that it states, but I'll just read one of them, and I'm going to quote this. This shall serve to make clear that without my prior written consent, under no circumstances shall my child be required or allowed to be subject to physical, psychiatric, or psychological examination, testing, or treatment as defined by 34 CFR section 98.4C. Let me just unpack this a little bit for parents. We've been talking about one of the triple threats being social-emotional learning. And that is such a slimy thing to put your finger on yeah. in terms of how schools are bringing it in, how they're executing it, how each individual schools, besides at the school district level they do it, how a teacher might even choose mm-hmm. to do it in, in his or her own classroom. Um, <laughs> and so the beauty of this, this letter puts the school teacher you know on notice is that it, it has all of these stipulations where you as a parent are putting them on notice that you do not give them a blanket consent to go ahead and do this. And by putting them on notice and in doing so in writing, now you have some legal standing when you do find out that a teacher without any psychiatric you know, um, experience or certification or degree is starting to act... As a psychiatrist or counselor uh, and shoving down the social-emotional learning garbage uh, to your child, now you have some legal standing on which you could sue back. Yeah,
3: and this is why this is so important because some of the laws, like here in California, we have uh, Assembly Bill 329, the California Unhealthy Youth Act, uh, which does give parents the right to opt out of that. Instruction. Uh, of course, they have to do it affirmatively. They've got to take, take the time to print out an opt out form, sign it, send it in. And we have those forms on our website. We encourage people to do that. But George, to your point, social emotional learning, that, that's not one curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's interspersed throughout the public school experience. You, you could find it at work in a humanities class, a literature class, a math class. You, you don't know where you're going to find it. But wherever it is found, it is often accompanied by counseling, psychological counseling, indoctrination, yes. survey-taking, testing. You do not want your child to have any part of that. And uh, th- this, this letter now uh, gives some further ammunition and protection to you to have legal standing if indeed you do find out that your children are being subjected to this. So we do encourage you to take this step.
2: Well, Mark, that's all the time we have for today. Um, so we just encourage our listeners to continue going to our website, download our brochures, watch and share our videos, uh, download our How to Start a Private School Guide. Uh, if you want Mark or I to come in to speak uh, to your parent group, uh, your local church, or whatever other organization you have going on, we would be more than delighted to come in to speak. You can also hit the donate button. You see, POK's mission is to inform parents about dangerous public school indoctrination and alternatives to public schools. We rely on our donors to do this. However, our donor revenue is unpredictable. So we've started a Guardian Angels program and are inviting you to be a part of that by making a recurring monthly donation, which will enable us to help more parents get their kids out of public schools. Please do so by going on our website, protectourkidsnow.org, and join our Guardian Angels program.